Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. Yesterday, Rex Hewerman, known as the suspect, arrested suspect in the Long Island serial killer case, had a court appearance. And it seems to me that the spotlight was stolen from Rex Hewerman and it was put on to his wife, Essa Ellerup, and her attorney, Robert Macedonio. And why do I say that? Well, first of all, she looks a lot different than she did when he was first arrested. Is this a public relations um, ploy by her attorney? But the biggest thing that I find a little bit, more than a little bit strange, is that she signed a documentary deal with a company to follow her around and shoot a documentary. The company is called Peacock. So you see that camera. So I have some serious problems with this. You know, first of all, New York State has a law called the Son of Sam law. However, that only applies to the person charged. And anyone that is arrested and charged with a crime like this cannot, by the law, cannot benefit from their crime through a book deal or anything like that. But apparently that does not apply to the family. But I still find this a little unsettling. Like just a few weeks ago, she was accused of being a suspect in this case by attorney John Ray. Remember John Ray? There's a picture of him up on the screen. John Ray in that famous press conference with Rodney Harrison standing by his side. He accused Asa Ellerup of being involved, intimately involved in this case and aware of her husband's crimes. So these are some of the questions we're going to ask and we're going to hopefully answer today in regards to this case. Does anyone else find it unsettling that the wife of a potential serial killer is now being followed around by a documentary crew? I find it a little bit unsettling. So guys, hold on to your seats. You're about to enter the police off the cuff zone. If you like true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right place and you're about to enter the police off the cuff zone. There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10 and branch microbiter. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. According to the Daily Mail yesterday, they said Gilgo Beach serial killer suspect, Rex Human's wife, Asa Ellerup, smiled at her husband as she attended a court hearing after saying she wants to see evidence for herself and begins filming with Peacock documentary crew. The estranged wife of alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer, Rex Human, arrived in court uh, yesterday, Wednesday. Um, last week, it was revealed that Ella was planning to be in court with her husband to see evidence for herself. Ella visited Human in jail for the first time since he was arrested on July 13th and spent an hour with him last week. Also, from a, a legal perspective, the home that she owned or that Rick Human owned was signed over to her for zero dollars. And I couldn't help but think, well, that was a smart thing for Rex to do because upon conviction, it would be open to civil suits and to be taken from Rex Human as 
payment to the victims. So all of these things, I'm sure, are being choreographed by her attorney, uh, Robert Macedonio. And you see up on the screen, that's the Gilgo Four, Marine Brainerd Bonds, Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartolome, and Amber Lynn Costello. And right now, that is really what the focus should be on. But this case is getting and has gotten so much press that you cannot almost believe that is this really about the murder of potentially 11 people charged Rex Schumann has so far thus been charged with three. You know, he's been charged with Melissa Bartolome, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. And the case of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, the district attorney, Ray Tierney, is, and his crew, the Gilgo Task Force, is collecting more evidence and to present that to a grand jury. And potentially, Rex could be charged with that fourth case. Uh, but at this point, we'll know it'll be known as the Gilgo Four. And the names that I just mentioned uh, is the ones that he will be charged with, the ones that are on the screen right there. Um, the estranged wife of alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Human smiled in court when she saw her accused killer husband yesterday. Asa Ellerup, uh, she's 59 years old. She was in court Wednesday. Again, this sounds like a line that she was fed by her attorney to see for herself the evidence. You know, I said early on in this case that um, I find it very difficult to believe that she knew nothing. I really do. And that's the position I take, that she lived with this monster. And he didn't show signs to her of being a monster. He was just a church-going individual. I didn't. I didn't believe that. I believe he showed signs or shows signs of being the person uh, that he is and was. So I'm not buying it that she wants to go to court to find out the evidence for herself. And look, again, he's innocent till proven guilty, right? And he must be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And his attorney, a very competent attorney, Michael Brown, is collecting all of the discovery evidence in an attempt to find holes in this case so that he can look at the evidence that he most can create doubt with, evidence that he can poke holes in. And that's what a defense attorney does. But in the meantime, this case, you know, there is a circus atmosphere to it. All, you know, I don't get it really how a, a documentary crew is following around the wife. And obviously she signed for probably a great deal of money with this company. And who do you think choreographed that? Do you think she has the smarts and the intelligence to do that herself? that she signed with this documentary company? No, of course not. Her attorney did that. Robert Macedonio. He's the one that did it. And he's acting, oh, I know nothing of this. Yes. Because now, guess what? Now he can get paid. He wasn't getting paid because she had no money. But attorneys, they figure out ways to get paid. This is what they said on Good Morning America today about yesterday's appearance. Back in court, his estranged wife also appeared in court for the first time since his arrest, and she brought a camera crew along with her. Aaron Katursky has the story. For the first time, the estranged wife of alleged serial killer Rex Hewerman came to court to see him. Asa Ellerup said nothing on her way in or out, but was seen surrounded by a film crew. Ellerup recently inked a deal with a production company. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney telling ABC News her pursuit of a documentary would have no impact on the case. Well, I think there's going to be a constant spotlight on this case, regardless of what uh, deal the, the wife may or may not have made. Ellerup's attorney said she plans to attend every time her estranged husband appears in court so she can see the evidence for herself. Whatever her reason for coming, Hewerman's lawyer said he was glad she was there. He's appreciative that she's here and... and Listen, they were married for so many years and they raised a family together. And my understanding is, is that she 
doesn't believe that he was capable or committed these acts. Ellerup filed for divorce six days after Hewerman's arrest in July on charges he killed three women he solicited for sex, Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholome, and Amber Costello. He has pleaded not guilty. He's also the prime suspect in the death of a fourth woman, and prosecutors are close to a decision whether to charge him with the death of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. We're working through the grand jury process, and we anticipate that grand jury process being done uh, within uh, a couple of weeks. The case against Hewerman includes DNA taken from a pizza box, cell phone analytics, and items seized from his home, office, storage unit, and properties out of state. Prosecutors have said Ellerup and Hewerman's children were out of town when the murders occurred. The attorney for the children says they've spoken with their father but have not gone to visit. No matter what happens with this case, their lives have been changed forever. Uh, they'll never get back to normal. There is no normal. Rex Hewerman's going to be back in court in February, guys. Eric Tursky, thanks. Hi, everyone. George Steph so amazing, right? So all of a sudden, there was really, uh, she had no interest in this case. Uh, sort of didn't go visit her husband, didn't speak to her husband. And then a documentary crew, no doubt paying her a pretty penny, is interested in this story. And all of a sudden, she is the loving wife. And she wants to go to court to see the evidence for herself, to see, because she doesn't believe the man she knows uh, is capable of committing these crimes. She doesn't believe that. Was it? I mean, pardon me for being so cynical, but is she going to the court because she wants to see the evidence for herself, or is she going to the court because she wants to provide footage for the documentary crew who she just signed with pardon me for being so cynical but uh i think that's a great possibility that that's the reason she's going to court because she's making big bucks from this documentary crew look all of these things are done for a reason her home was just rex signed the home over to her because guess what it if he does get convicted it was fair game in a civil case, to take it right from him. Let's hear what Banfield has to say with an interview with Robert Macedonio, the attorney for Essa Ellerup. He is the attorney for Essa Ellerup, Rex Hureman's wife of 27 years. He was in court uh, with Essa today. Thank you so much, Bob, for coming back um, on the program. It's good to see you again. So can you sort that out for me? It, it seemed very odd. I really don't understand what's happening between these two. Well, I, I can assure you, Asa was not smiling during the court proceedings. There's nothing to smile about. This is certainly nothing funny. She takes these allegations extremely serious. Um, you know, she did make eye contact with Rex for a very small period of time, probably less than five seconds. Um, if, if there was any facial expression, it's out of nervousness. This is the first time she's ever been in a criminal courthouse, whether it was for Rex or for anybody else, again. Nothing comical about it. It was not a long smile on her face. I sat right next to her. She didn't leave my side the entire day. Yeah, so fair enough. I, I, nothing nothing funny about it. I'm not sure that our, our producer who witnessed this thought that she was smiling at the proceedings or thought anything was funny. I think the impression that our producer got was that she was very much smiling at her husband, um, yeah. making the eye contact, <laughs> and that it seemed like a good a good connection between them. But, you know, many of us can't understand how a wife, what, how, what would go through a wife's mind uh, when your husband of 27 years uh, is arrested with just really damning evidence as the Gilgo Beach serial killer. That's why I'm trying to figure out that the smile, are they are they good? Well, well first of all, it's the first time she saw him was last week, and we keep repeating really damning evidence. The only thing that we have, meaning we, you, me, and the entire world population, is what the prosecution has put out in press statements. The defense has said little to nothing, um, so she's at the point now where she would like to see for herself and hear for herself what are the allegations against her husband. Nobody wants to believe that their spouse, that they laid next to in bed for the 27 years, is capable of these kind of heinous crimes. From the day that he was arrested, she has been told, from she brought to the police you know, command center. You know, um, not for nothing, but right here, I'm holding the 32-page 
probable cause affidavit. So it's not nothing that the prosecution has. And this is just a piece of it. So 32 pages, Mr. Macedonio. So that's, are they lying? Is the prosecution lying about this? I think not. Your husband did this. You were here. He killed this person. Put her there. And she's been processing that, trying to recreate 10, 15 years ago where she was and what happened, which is impossible. So she needs to see and hear it for herself, which I think many of us would have to, to try to believe our spouse is capable of this kind of heinous crime. She sympathizes for the victims. They certainly didn't deserve to die this way. But again, to think that she lived next, uh, slept next to and lived with a, ma a murderer, a serial killer, she needs to process that in her own, not believe what everybody else is telling her. Fair enough. I, I'm just, I, I would have it myself, and I'm, I, we're different. Um, I would have a tough time giving a big smile. I would just be very stone-faced, I think, until I saw I, the I can assure evidence. you there was no big smile, and certainly there's nothing to laugh at. She takes it serious. Yeah. And there was no, if anything, it might have been a nervous reaction. You know, how much of the behavior of um, Elsa Ellerup has been coached by her attorney, Robert Macedonio? I think all of it. She's told what to wear. She's told what to say. She's told how to behave. So all of this stuff, especially I cannot get past this documentary crew. I just think it's totally inappropriate. If you really cared about this man, would you be hiring a documentary crew and going to court as if you're a loving wife that's so concerned with your accused serial killer husband? I have a hard time getting past that. I don't know if anyone else in the chat does. Pardon me for my past cop life, but I can't get over. All of a sudden, we're supposed to, oh, yes, she's very serious about this. That's why you see those cameras. They're following her and shooting a documentary. Just incredible. Her facial expression. There's fair no enough. smile. Okay, that's fair enough. Let's talk about the documentary crews. We're all fascinated about the, the truck that arrived and loaded in all the camera equipment. And, and then at court today, the documentary crew was in tow. Tell me about what's going on. I, I can't comment on any of that because I'm not at liberty to discuss any of that, so I, don't, I honestly don't know. You, you didn't uh, you didn't uh, you didn't work with her. I mean, I would think she would seek counsel uh, before engaging with any kind of documentary crew, right? I'm not at liberty to discuss any of that. What's going on with that? He there is no doubt he choreographed this entire thing. Like, you know, something I would any of us out there have the know how to negotiate with the documentary crew on how much we're going to get paid. What are the ground rules? No, but. That's what attorneys do. And of course, he's not going to discuss it because he's pretending that he knows nothing about it. Because I think that in the in the court of public opinion, this is an ugly thing. I think it's an ugly thing. I don't know how you guys feel. That you know, She was there to, to uh, see the proceedings for herself, and that's why she went with me. All right, fair to say. So the other quick question is, um, and it's a tough one, um, there have been some allegations uh, by the police commissioner, by attorney John Ray, that Aza had some knowledge um, about the, the sex workers was somehow actively involved. These are pretty rough allegations. Just want to get your thoughts on that. My thought on that, and then she spent a good time, you know, listening to John Ray and his, his press conferences and also the numerous podcasts that spun off from that. John, John Ray has spent the past 12 years and Rex Human is the third individual he's accused of being involved in the homicide of his client. He first accused businessman Jimmy Bissett. Then he went on to former police chief James Burke. Now that there's been an arrest of Rex Human, he now wants to have Rex Human tied to these. John Ray is looking for a civil defendant to attach to his client so he could recoup some of the tens of thousands of dollars he spent out of his pocket. Asarella is not involved in this, was not involved in this, is not a suspect. The DA's office has emphatically stated at their numerous press conferences and bail applications, she was not in the jurisdiction when these crimes took place. She is not a suspect. She was out of the country, either in Iceland or out of New York State when the alleged homicides took place. So even, hypothetically speaking, she knew about sex workers. She's not alleged to have been involved in knowing about any of the homicides. It's two different factions. Yeah. And I can tell you, yeah. he didn't know about sex workers. There was no sex workers at the house when she was there. 
It's just John Ray, a figment of his imagination, creating stuff to, honestly, the press gives him more attention than he deserves. Well, Bob, you are a good advocate for your client, and I'm, uh, I'm very appreciative of you being on with me tonight. Thank you. Thank you for watching. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's Asa Ellerup's attorney, Robert Macedonio, um, knows nothing about any of this stuff. <laughs> but, you know, when John Ray um, did the press conference with police commissioner Rodney Harrison, the news, the media ate it up hook, line, and sinker. So many people said, new suspects, SL is involved, and now, if she was involved, say, and, and again, I'm keeping an open mind with John Ray until that information is vetted by the Gilgo Beach Task Force, some of the things can obviously be vetted, then we got to say that uh, right now it's it's an open allegation. But if Asa Ellerup was involved, would she be getting involved right now with a documentary crew uh, that's shooting um, shooting this documentary? Yeah, you had Rodney Harrison on the screen there. Would she be getting involved in this if she felt that she was this, um, that she has no culpability whatsoever? Uh, would she? I mean, that's that's a question I have. I, I I don't think she would. And she seems very confident. And her attorney seems very confident that she has no involvement in this. Because if you did, you're putting yourself out there. You're opening yourself up to questions. Um, what do you think? I don't know. I, I just can all of these things be true. Can John Ray and the four people, well, two, he took affidavits from. He said he had a total of four witnesses and new people are coming in all the time. What Asa Ellerup, if she was involved, if that story he told about uh, the police detective and a woman who fit the description of Karen Vergata and the woman who was the witness, who was African-American, gave this information, if it were true, would Asa Elrup now be getting involved with a documentary crew? I have that, that's a question that I have. I don't know. Suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer, Rex Hewerman, is back in court today. He is charged with the murders of three women and is a prime suspect in the murder of a fourth. And for the first time, his estranged wife attended his appearance today. Our own Jody Goldberg is live outside the courthouse in Riverhead, Long Island, with the details. Jody. Chris, good afternoon to you. It's the first time we've actually seen Asa voluntarily show up for him. We've been hearing more about her in recent days. We confirmed last week she uh, uh, she visited him rather in court. Uh, she visited him rather in jail. And in this video, you could see her in blue walking inside the courthouse beside her attorney. It happened a little after nine o'clock this morning. And her attorney says she plans to be present for the criminal case from here on out. He also says Asa only knows what's been reported in the media about this case and Hewerman was leading a double life. Now, the suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer has been held without bail since his July arrest and he pleaded not guilty to the murders of three sex workers whose remains were found buried and bound in burlap sacks near Gilgo Beach more than a decade ago. DA Ray Tierney, who is prosecuting the case himself, says there's a tremendous amount of material that they're strategically handing over. And today, Hewerman's attorney got 13,000 photos. That's thousand. 13,000 photos from the search of his house, storage units, and office. The team who represents him says he looks forward to defending himself in court. Well, a great many things have been uh, turned over primarily today. What we, we turned over was all of the lab work that was done in the case, as well as the underlying notes pertaining to that lab work, um, which, um, you know, from, from, the, from, the time, from the time of the investigation up until the arrest, I believe. Uh, so that has been turned over. We, we turned over a lot of subpoena returns as well, uh, as, and, uh, you know, as well as uh, a whole bunch of other stuff you know, a gigabyte's worth of, of materials. There's nothing he was doing other than going to work every day, spending time with his family and supporting his family. That's the, that's the reality.
And Chris, as you mentioned, Huerman is in fact the prime suspect in the murder of a fourth sex worker. And the DA today told us they're wrapping the case in the grand jury soon. Asa and her attorney left without commenting. Huerman is due back in court on February 6th. So, uh, Michael Brown, Rex Huerman's attorney, sharp guy, good attorney. You can see he's very confident. Uh, he knows his stuff. Um, but is that he's just going to work every day supporting his family? How about that he was searching child porn sites on his computer? You know, and as I said, this 32-page probable cause document that anyone, including Asa Elarup, can pull up on the internet and print it out. It's not the press that's giving it to you. It's not the press reporting. It's published by the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office and the Gilgo Beach Task Force. No, there's, there's, he's not going to work. He's not a good guy, all right? Professor Mike Geary always uses the term consciousness of guilt. Do people that don't have consciousness of guilt use burner phones to set up dates with escorts? Do they do that? Why would you have a burner phone? Because you're committing a crime is the answer. And you're trying to get away with committing this crime, right? So then why, you know, why is he using a burner phone? I mean, how about when we talk about it? And of course, you we can argue this and the, the, the defense attorney, Michael Brown, is going to argue this. How about the, some of the strongest evidence they have? Which are the hairs on the burlap on the bodies of three of the victims? One, two of them, oh, excuse me, three of them belonging to Asa Elarup, the wife of Rex Huerman. One belonging to Rex Huerman that was identified using a technology called mitochondrial DNA. Now, does that mean because the hair found on three of the bodies belonged to Asa Elrup. Does that mean that she's involved in the murders? No, not at all. And we talk on this show many times about transfer evidence. If you live with someone, chances are their hairs are on your clothing. Their hairs are in your car. Their hairs are, and other, other DNA uh, samples are in your household belonging to your, your friends and family. So the hairs from Asa Elrup, absolutely, they got transferred onto the, the burlap, the camouflage burlap. But that's very powerful evidence. And, of course, we talk about the, the, the vehicle, right? And how that was the, the, the first generation, they called it, right? Uh the Av Chevy Avalanche, right? The green in color. And that it was identified by an eyewitness. And again, that David Schaller, the eyewitness who was um, the boyfriend of uh, Amberlynn Costello, he had some credibility problems when, when he made those statements. He was a drug addict. He potentially was a pimp. So yeah, there, there always could be a doubt cast by the defense attorneys. But there is a great deal of evidence in this case. Even, you know, and, and we, we talk about what will the defense be that Michael Brown uh, will use uh, to represent Rex Heumann? Um True crime time. Bill, Rex the Hex has been at it this a long time. Serial killers don't simply stop. They get smarter. He just had to find another dump site. Well, true crime, uh, true crime time, we don't know that. We can just really go right now on the evidence we have. And yes, many people think that Rex Schumann started much earlier than these cases. The first case, if he, in fact, uh, committed the murder of Karen Vergata was 1996. So... That was 27 years ago, right? So was that really when Rex Human first started doing this? 
Uh, I think not. I think that Rex Schumann probably started doing this when he was a lot younger. So are there bodies in other locations? The police and the Gilgo Beach Task Force are doing their best to uncover this. But let's get back to the point of what will Michael Brown, attorney Michael Brown, what will the defense be for Rex Schumann? How is he going to attack the evidence that they have in this case? There he is up on the screen. Uh, he looks good. He looks sharp. He's in shape. You know, he's articulate. Uh, this is a very difficult case for a defense attorney. I mean, think of how long the prosecution has had to put forth this case, to put forth this evidence. They just handed him 13,000 photos. How long does it take? To look at 13,000 photos, I bet you can't even do it. I, I don't think you can look at 13,000 photos. Some of them must be, um, rep, you know, just repeats of the same item from a different angle or a different perspective. But 13,000 photos. And then, of course, all of the forensic evidence, all the search warrant material. How about all the digital evidence? The defense will need their own digital experts to dig through this digital evidence. And of course, one of the things that Michael Brown will probably try to do is say, no, no, this, this wasn't Rex Schumann. This was someone else. Or could Rex Schumann have had an accomplice? Right? You heard them at one point pointing the finger at the corrupt chief of the Suffolk County Police, James Burke who has took a morals arrest very recently, did four years in prison for beating up a perp. So they were trying to stick it on him, you know. The Shannon Gilbert case. Everyone that follows this case is bothered by that because, again, is that part of Rex Schumann's body count? Many people don't think so, but it was never ruled by the Suffolk County medical examiner that that, in fact, was a homicide. However, Dr. Michael Bodden, who was hired by John Ray, attorney John Ray and the Shannon Gilbert's family, he basically came up with the same results in his autopsy. It was inconclusive, but then he said the hyoid bone was broken, so more consistent with what he would consider a homicide. So he almost contradicted himself. He said it wasn't uh, it wasn't um, a murder, but yet because the hyoid bone was broken, he was going to uh, rule that it was in fact a murder. So, you know, it's, again, the defense casting doubt. The old acronym BARD, B-A-R-D, beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's the prosecution's job, to prove Rex Ewerman guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. The DNA that they collected on that pizza that gets so much, the surreptitious collection of DNA on a discarded pizza box that had crust in it that apparently Rex Schumann had eaten because it matched his DNA. And that DNA matched one of the hairs on the bodies. How could that happen? How does a defense attorney explain how the hair from the defendant wound up on a body that was dumped in Gilgo Beach 12 years before. How do they? How can they explain that? Is there a way that a defense attorney can explain that to the satisfaction of a jury? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a possibility, but uh, of course they're going to be doing that. That's what they're going to be doing. Gilgo Beach serial killer due in court today, Rex Hewerman, the man charged with those murders of three women. And of course, this is from yesterday. This is again, News Nation. Who were killed more than a decade ago is also the prime suspect now in a fourth killing. Laura Engel live outside the courthouse in Riverhead, New York with an update on a case that's captivated Long Island residents and the nation for years. Laura. 
Good morning. You know, while today's court appearance by Rex Hewerman is considered a conference, not a hearing, we are expecting a key moment to happen inside of the courtroom here behind us this morning. His wife, Asa Ellerup, is expected to be here today for the very first time for one of his legal proceedings. This after her very first jail visit she had with him last week. This was the first time she's seen Rex in person since he was arrested. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm sure it was emotional. Like, I, I, you know, she was very, you know, anxious up all night long before. And like, she didn't see her husband almost four months. So she wanted to see him in person. Asa Ellerup's attorney, Robert Macedonio, says his client is now emotionally ready to see her husband in court as he faces charges in the murders of three victims in the Long Island serial killer case. The only thing that she knows about this case is from what's reported in the media and what's been told to her by the police department the night that he was arrested. So she has said numerous times she wants to hear and see the evidence as it plays out in the courtroom, not listen to the podcast, not listen to the news media reports, um, and certainly not listen to Johnny Ray. The Massapequa home on Long Island, where the couple has lived for decades, is now the center of speculation by some as a place where Hewerman may have brought escorts, some even insinuating that his wife may have been aware of her husband's activities. Mrs. Ellerup was present in this tiny little home when that occurred. I have a witness. First you know how many news reporters, you know how many podcasters said blockbusting, blockbuster evidence is that is there any truth to johnny ray's allegations and i know he has uh sworn affidavits but will all will all of that just disappear now she's shooting a documentary so where is this going to go where's john ray's um witnesses going to go uh what are they being I use the term vetted. Are they being vetted? Is their information being checked out by detectives? I don't know. Let's see. First-hand knowledge of that, the witness refuses to come forward. So the Ellerup family comes forward and says, help us, give us money. What about the victims who were chopped up? All kinds of people have been saying that she might have known what was going on in the house. She may have been taking part of things that were going on in the house. She has no part in any of this. She doesn't, she didn't. To say she was home with the children upstairs, these, these allegations go back 10, 12, 14, 15 years ago. Victoria's 26 years old. So that would put her at 10 years old, 12 years old. To say that you have prostitute downstairs in your house when you're upstairs with your child, and it's a very small house. There are no soundproof rooms, contrary to what was reported in the media, is absolutely ludicrous. It makes no sense. It just never happened. And it's important to note, Rex Hewerman has pleaded not guilty in this case. And as you mentioned there at the top, he is the prime suspect uh, for a fourth victim. There are, of course, many more victims in the Long Island serial killer case. Uh, the court proceedings expected to get started in just about an hour. So we'll wait to see not only about Rex Hewerman's wife being inside of the courtroom. Last time we were here, we saw victims' family members inside of the courtroom as well. We'll bring you more as we get it here in Riverhead. Back to you. Laura, and also, too, I mean, you, that attorney speaking about how small the house is, you have to wonder, how did he get away with it? How What, what was happening if it wasn't a soundproof right. room? Oh, my gosh, so many questions. Right. Okay. Go it, ahead. No, no, I want you to say what you want to... What were you going to say just now? <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that, you know, this sound, the idea of this soundproof room, I think that it's been alleged because there is a gun safe um, that he had, that Rex Hurman had. We know that he had a lot of guns, over 200 guns in that house. So he had this very large gun safe in the basement. Is that the soundproof room that people are talking about? You know, that is something that is going to come to light here in court. And one of the th key notes that uh, Robert Macedonio made there is that uh, his wife is just doesn't know a lot about the case. It's what she's been hearing. So she wants to be here inside of the courtroom where all of this is going to be discussed today at this conference between the judge and the attorneys. Um, and that is definitely something that has been talked about in this case. And we, we just don't know if that's what they're referencing, if, if it's the gun safe or if there's something else. But we'll find out as this case moves forward. Right. And I know you'll bring it to us. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. So, you know, as I said earlier, when I first started the show, I think the hearing, the court hearing was really just was supposed to be about uh, the case. And really, the spotlight was stolen by Asa Elrup and her attorney, Robert Macedonio, because here she walks into court 
with a documentary crew from Peacock. And then in the courtroom, she knows every single eye is upon her and her behavior. And she smiles at Rex, allegedly, according to a producer from News Nation. She smiled at Rex. And um, again, would a grieving wife finding out about her husband possibly being the Long Island serial killer, would she uh, get a contract with the documentary crew? I'm asking you guys in the chat, honestly. I would like to know that because I find it to be, is it part of the world we live in now, this internet world? You know, is that what it's part of? Is it that everything everything is put out there? Uh, I find it distasteful. Um, you know, this was supposed to be really just a court hearing that was going to discuss future dates. They were going to discuss discovery material. And because the wife of Rex Human showed up, it became more about that than the actual court case and the actual court proceedings. Um, so I want to, you know, I want to play a little bit of what Ray Tierney had to say. And Ray Tierney, now that I think now that Rodney Harrison has um, has basically resigned, his two years are up, and probably would have been uh, asked to resign anyway because there's a new county executive. But now that Rodney Harrison, who was part of the Gilgo Beach Task Force, a huge part of it, probably was the one that started the Gilgo Beach Task Force, now I think Ray Tierney has the spotlight all to himself. Well, we don't know who the new police commissioner is going to be till the new year, but Ray Tierney now can see a lot of the cameras that he never saw a camera that he didn't like. So he'll be back on TV uh, a lot more times now that uh, – He's not competing with anyone. Here's Ray Tierney talking about this. You know, 12 years in the past with, uh, and we just want to do it in a way that we could be confident that we've given them uh, everything uh, and we have everything uh, and, and we've turned it over in a way that makes sense. Yeah, he's a prime, prime uh, suspect for a fourth possible murder. Where are you guys at that? So, that, yep, uh, how are you? Uh, so the grand jury is continuing. And uh, the grand jury in that, that matter is continuing. We anticipate it um, concluding and, uh, shortly. And once it does, uh, and the grand, if the grand jury acts, uh, we'll make comment on that. But we, we won't do so until, until the grand jury process has concluded, just like we did with the, with the three charged crimes. The grand jury is done There's an outside date, uh, which, could, which could be extended, but shortly is shortly um well you know it, a grand jury uh, you go where the evidence takes you so uh especially when you're at the end of an investigation you're, you're bringing in um you know extraneous matters uh and and you know potential witnesses and that's not always uh, you know subject to your schedule so you sort of have to work through that so we're going to you know tie all those things up and then when we're concluded with it we'll bring it in but you know, we're not going to we're, we're not going to set a time to it or, or a sp specific date to it because it's, you know, it's evidence based. It's not time based. Do you, do you feel like you have enough evidence to charge him in the court? Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what I what I what I can do and what I will do. So or what we will do. So we'll wait until that process is concluded. And it's just it's just a process that you have to work through that. You know, we haven't done so yet. And you're also looking at other possible suspects. I'm sorry. Um, uh, no, we don't, we don't, we don't expect that. Where are you with the other murders? Uh, so as, as we said, right from the onset, this case, this invest, this initial investigation had to do with the Gilgo four. We've charged three out of the four victims, uh, you know, which, you know, were primarily known as the Gilgo four. That fourth case is winding down. And since we've become overt, uh, with with the announcement of the original indictment, we have been working uh, on those other cases and investigating it. That investigation uh, will continue. So there's no grand jury for the other six sets of remaining. The 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 grand the specific grand jury which we're working on pertains to the Gilgo Four. And one follow up question: You're very aware there was a press conference 
where the police commissioner, Rodney Harrison, attended with John Ray, a private attorney, he put out a statement after that. Have you looked at any of those affidavits about whether Rex Zimmerman might have been tied to Karen Vergata, the firearm with Jane Doe? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I, I did uh, uh, release a statement with regard to that. And with regard to what we look at, we look at a great many things. Uh, we don't disclose what we look at. Uh, so he was just asked, and that was Mary Murphy from WPIX. Great question. She asked him what she was livid about the press conference that Johnny Ray did with uh, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison stood by, stood by Johnny Ray's side as he presented the evidence of witnesses he has and affidavits that they did. And she asked him, have you checked into that? And he seemed like he stuttered a little bit. He got a little bit uncomfortable with the question, but he really gave almost like a non-answer. Uh, but I don't think he wants to say, oh, no, well, we'll never check that out because that could be asked by the defense attorney when this goes to trial. But Ray Tierney was livid in regards to that press conference. And now what he said was they're going to concentrate the grand jury will concentrate on the Gilgo Four, and that's Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartellome, and Amberlynn Costello. And thus, not charged has been Maureen Brainerd Barnes. And they're working toward having enough to charge that case also, the case of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. And they're concentrating that, that you heard him say, what we're concentrating on is what's known as the Gilgo Four, toward the grand jury, because now, well, what about the seven other bodies? Are you going to look at that? Um, I think what they first want to do is get the case of the Gilgo Four and get that trial started. And then they can continue to investigate these cases. What if you can get Rex Schumann convicted of these four? He's not going anywhere. He's going to prison for the rest of his life if he gets convicted, right? Might he talk after that? Might he? He's got nothing to lose, right? There's no death penalty in New York State. So he's got nothing to lose. Might he talk for better prison privileges? Might he? Yeah. The, the answer is yes, he might. So maybe that's the plan. Because with his cooperation, if he confesses and admits to certain, to certain things, it makes law enforcement's job that much easier to do that, you know? This is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime, true crime, from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed to us, I don't know why you wouldn't be, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And if you want to contribute to us uh, in a financial way, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel members with, count them, five different levels. And you can we, you see the folks in our chat in the green font. They're our friends, our family, our subscribers, and they make this show possible. And they make us excited about doing this show. So, again, if you're not subscribed, go on, go on our YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Let's play a little bit more Ray Tierney, what he has to say. Here. Well, there's an investigative purpose behind that. So uh, we've talked to, I can, tell, I can tell you, we've talked to hundreds of witnesses, but we don't disclose who we talk to. And that's just a policy of ours. So um, we're going we're gonna to maintain that policy. Those 75 pages that haven't been turned over, you said they were from the commencement of the grand jury. What do they pertain to? Well, I mean, I think you can glean from, from the discussion that, um, that we've we've turned over all aspects of the grand jury pertaining to the three charged cases, uh, so that would leave something out, and I'll I'll, I'll leave out with that what what that so, is. So it relates to what's ongoing. Yep, it, it relates to ongoing the ongoing aspect of the grand jury. Absolutely, Grant. Yes. So I have jurisdiction in Suffolk County. Um, so, uh, you know, my jurisdiction ends at the at the Suffolk County line. So we're looking at what happened in Suffolk County um, through our investigation. We, you know, obviously we've learned a lot about 
uh, the defendant and his movements and, and other things. Mm -hmm. So we're uh, ready, willing, and able to share that with, with our law enforcement partners in other jurisdictions. They would control that investigation. And we have talked to other jurisdictions about this case and many other cases. But just like I wouldn't appreciate other jurisdictions talking about my investigations, I'm not going to talk about you know what may or may not be happening in California or Florida or, or any other place. So that's that's Ray Tierney talking about the case again. Uh, the grand jury is uh, is concentrating on the Gilgo Four, and that's that, and then someone just asked him about well, what about the cases in Nassau County? And he really didn't want to comment upon that because the Nassau County cases are not his jurisdiction, and the Nassau County cases will be if they can come up with the evidence to charge the bodies that were in Nassau County, then surely there will be a prosecutor and a uh, investigators from Nassau County, perhaps working hand in hand with the Suffolk County police. Now, so much you could see by Ray Tierney's body language in regard, when he was asked about Rodney Harrison and John Ray in regards to the allegations made just a few weeks ago uh, in regards to witnesses that John Ray has that's put Asa Ellerup in the middle of this mix, totally involved. And one of the things that we discussed early on in this investigation, we were a little baffled, myself, Phil Grimaldi, uh, Mike Geary, Professor Mike Geary, that Asa Ellerup was cleared so quickly. We were like, how did they clear her that quickly? Uh, why, didn't, why didn't they wait a little longer? You know, perhaps even maybe use her as a witness. Um, but they cleared her very quickly. And then John Ray comes up and says, I have a witness that'll say that Asa Ellerup, uh, her and Rex were swingers. They had uh, swingers coming to their house, escorts coming to their house, and Asa Ellerup knew all about it. So Ray Tierney was not happy with that. And um, he said, oh, if there's witnesses... We, we bring them in front of the grand jury. We do it through the grand jury process. So this is a little bit of what John Ray said a few weeks ago. And again, the news media, um, many podcasters, ate it up and said, you know, Asa Ellerup is involved. Asa Ellerup is a swinger. But till you can prove that, she's not being charged with anything. Uh, and we don't even know if those affidavits, someone can swear to an affidavit and what they're saying, they totally believe it's true. But does that mean it's true? Because they believe it's true? Maybe they're remembering something. Well, one of the witnesses was remembering something from 27 years ago. And was remembering it as if it was yesterday. So I just want to play a little bit of the press conference of, of John Ray. And, and, you know, you can see how you feel about this one whatsoever she was not a sex worker is not a sex worker and instead back in the 90s in the 1990s she was what is known then and now as a swinger she would have a sex partner and they would go to certain sex clubs in new york city where they would switch you know i'm a reader of body language and i cannot help but looking at Rodney Harrison's body language and he's all about cooperation. He's all about being non-judgmental, but his body language deceives him. So he's doing the best he can, but he is, his body is saying something opposite of what he's doing. Partners with other people of like kind. One of the most important places that they would go was called La Trapeze on West 27th Street in New York, right near uh, uh, Rex Ewerman's office. And this was a notorious place for swapping, for switching partners. Uh, and sometimes several hundred people at a time would be involved in this place in its heyday. Its heyday was in the late 90s, uh, right at the time that uh, Karen Brigada is involved in this case. In this situation, this particular woman 
was uh, dating a police officer from New York City who was in narcotics, a detective, and uh, they would go to these, these switchy clubs, these swapping clubs. At a certain time, at, at or about Valentine's Day of 1996, I believe, uh, the, the, uh, the couple went to La Trapeze, and I think it was on the wall at La Trapeze where an advertisement uh, was placed to go to a house in Massapequa Park for partying, for switching, for swapping. She went with her boyfriend uh, out to Long Island. But before they went, her boyfriend picked up a, a woman in New York, in the city, who had apparently just gotten out of jail. And she was disheveled and hungry. And she was a sex worker. We don't know the details yet of how he came to know her, but he knew her. And she came in the car with the two of them. They went to Massapequa Park. Before they got there, they stopped at a gas station and the girl who was with them expressed some apprehension about where they were going and why. Uh, that was all wiped out when it was pointed out that he's a police detective, so don't worry. So there, there's um, there's two things from that story that are vetable. One, who is this NYPD police detective, allegedly a narcotics detective? Do they know who he is? I'm, I read somewhere online they, they know who he is. Does he remember this in the same way as this witness that signed the affidavit? Number two, they said that the woman was Karen Vergata, and she re just got out of jail. The NYPD has records that go back to that. Can we ascertain? This was 27 years ago. Can we ascertain if Karen Vergata was arrested 27 years ago, right around when this would have happened? That could also vet this information or show that it's incorrect. No problem. They ended up going to Rex Uriman's house. In the house was the wife of Rex Uriman and uh, Rex Uriman and the, the, the other girl. The other girl who we believe to be Karen Vergata. She, this girl, disappears downstairs at the house. Rex Uriman disappears. And according to our witness and other witnesses I've talked to, when men are swingers with their their partner, very often they switch sexually. They go back and forth between male and female. And so Uriman leaves the main floor and disappears either into another bedroom or downstairs. It's not clear. And the witness talks to Rex's wife. She doesn't want to have sex like she had expected uh, to occur because our client believes because our client is an African-American woman. And Uriman didn't like that. Ellerup, rather, didn't like that. So there, are, you, there you have it, uh, Johnny Ray putting his witness saying that Essa Ellerup is involved in this. Uh, she's she's a, uh, a swinger. Uh, they, they put a sign on, uh, on the wall at a club called La Trapeze to come like-minded uh, swingers to come out to their home in Massapequa Park, Long Island. Uh, again, this this was information that um, this was information that John, uh, excuse me, Ray Tierney was really upset about. That he was upset that Rodney Harrison stood stood next to uh, John Ray and entertained probably what he considered to be um, not very good information. And he clearly said, uh, Ray Tierney. We only vet things through the grand jury process. And he made a statement also that we don't talk to attorneys that are working for their clients who may or may not have vetable information. We'll do our investigation through the grand jury process. Well, 
that's what I'm asking everyone. Is this information now, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was wild about it. Oh, my God, it puts SIL right in the mix. And then she goes to court with the documentary crew. So um, <clears throat> I find it um, hard to believe. Um, Joe Sabo, I don't think Rex will ever admit to anything. He, he would have to have a real reason to talk. Well, his real reason to talk would be this. He gets convicted of the murders of the Gilgo Four, and he gets sentenced to life without parole. Now, do you want to sit in a cell 23 or 24 hours a day, or do you like better accommodations? Because we can promise you better accommodations if you talk to us and you give us information on everything you've done. Joe Sable, that's the only way I can see that Rex Schuerman would confess. But again, he's not going to confess until he's convicted because now he's got a, he's innocent till proven guilty. And um, he's never going to confess to anything until this case is, uh, is tried in a court of law. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a great attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com or go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Not only is Joe a fantastic defense attorney, but he's also a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. And we really appreciate everything Joe has done for us. You know, one of the best coverages of this was done by uh, Mary Murphy of WPIX. And you know how they say, oh, nothing, this is all by the press. But early on in this case, the Suffolk County DA put out that, what you see on the screen right there, the 32-page probable cause affidavit. The Gilgo Beach Task Force tracked Rex Hewerman for more than a year with physical and digital surveillance. A 32-page court affidavit claimed prosecutors had images of Hewerman buying extra minutes on his burner phones, hoping they weren't traceable. But experts did eventually trace his burners, they say, and some victims' phones to cell sites near Hewerman's place of work in Midtown Manhattan and four cell towers in Massapequa Park that were close to his home. And that was mapped out, that was called the box. It wasn't easy, Mary, very, very difficult work. Once Hewerman was identified as the person of interest. We executed over 300 subpoenas, search warrants pertaining to this individual. That allowed the task force to check Hewerman's phone records and his online activity. In a 14 month period, he had over 200 searches pertaining to uh, the Gilgo investigation. And by using fake online profiles, Hewerman also allegedly searched for six subjects like torture porn and child porn. He's a demon, he's, a, he's an animal, he's just somebody that uh, should not be around other human beings. The affidavit revealed Hewerman was nailed with his own DNA and that of his wife. After collecting 11 bottles from the family trash in 2022, Investigators swabbed them for genetic material. Lab results this year indicated female hairs found on three victims' bodies likely came from female DNA in the Hewerman household or car. The linchpin that sealed up the case happened when cops snatched a pizza box that Rex Hewerman allegedly tossed in a trash can near his Midtown office. When scientists tested the DNA recovered from the uneaten pizza crust, they say it matched DNA from the burlap used to wrap victim Megan Waterman. When we come back, an in-depth look at... So, for those that say... There's absolutely no evidence against Rex Schumann. There, There's just some of the evidence they have against him. Uh, can a good defense attorney create doubt in this case? You bet. There's no, no doubt can a good defense attorney create doubt. But you heard in the press conference, 13,000 photos were handed over to Rex Schumann's defense attorney, Michael Brown. So what is that, if not evidence, right? 
We don't even know the results of the search warrant of his home. Remember we spoke about souvenirs or trophies, potential DNA evidence. How about the storage facilities he had? All of those things. We're not even aware of that yet. But all we do know is that they have digital evidence. They have forensic evidence. So when you hear attorney Robert Macedonio say, all she knows is what the press is saying. No, it's not just the press. The Suffolk County DA's office, as I showed, put out this 32-page early on in the case when the arrest was first made, this 32-page probable cause affidavit. That's not nothing. That is evidence. That is called evidence. So you can't, you know, so I'm baffled. You know, we started out today, we wanted to talk about Rex Human's court appearance yesterday. And as I said early on, it was hijacked by his wife, Asa Ellerup. And all of a sudden, it wasn't about Rex Human anymore. It was about Asa Ellerup and the documentary crew that was following her into court. So how do you know she's going to court out of concern for her husband, who's being charged with these horrific crimes, or she's going to court so she has material for this documentary? I find that quite disturbing. And I don't know if any of you guys do also, but I find it a bit disturbing. So, ladies and gentlemen, that, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Have a great day, everyone, and a safe one. I'll see you next time. One episode, just